The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. The Nonprofit Voice is a premier radio program featuring nonprofits on Long Island every Saturday morning. For the past six years, we have learned about, been inspired by, and celebrated hundreds of nonprofits in our community. The Nonprofit Voice is produced by Marketing Works, the only full service marketing and public relations firm that works almost exclusively with nonprofit agencies. We pride ourselves on our reputation in creating strategic marketing and public relations campaigns, successful virtual, hybrid, and live events, as well as powerful social media and digital campaigns. As the leaders in nonprofit marketing, no other agency understands the industry as we do, and we are committed to the success of each and every one of our clients. Marketing Works hopes you enjoy this week's featured nonprofit. Good morning. This is Ron Gold from Marketing Works. The name of the show is The Nonprofit Voice, and we are lucky enough to have the New Hope Mental Health Counseling Center, Dr. Nicola Beckles, Clinton Clovis, and Don Sinkfield. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here today, and, and mental health awareness is so major right now. I mean, you can't pick up a newspaper without reading about it. People are talking about it all over the news, and uh, it's a topic that is very scary. It really is. And Clinton, uh, tell me about what you guys do at the New Hope Mental Health Clinic Counseling Service and how you started. Well, at the New Hope Mental Health Counseling Services, we provide full-service outpatient treatment for our clients. We treat clients from as young as 55 years old to 85. We treat clients for... ADHD, bipolar, uh, schizophrenia, you know, a range of um, mental health conditions that you um, have to deal with every day. Well, you started in Valley Stream. That was your first, uh, the first place that you opened, and then recently you've been in uh, Rockville Center. Uh, how did you come up with this idea to start this venture? Well, just for clarity, the New Hope Mental Health Counseling Services is a... Um, a business, a for-profit organization, um, and we partner with our Speak Hope, the Speak Hope Foundation. Which is a nonprofit. Which is a nonprofit. Thank you for clarifying um, that. We um, started in Valley Stream in 2010, actually. And that year, it was simply myself and a few other counselors doing uh, sessions and um, Clinton joined me in 2013, and what we realized very quickly was that we were providing a very needed service. People were calling the phones um, back to back. Um, we had to uh, go from using mobile lines to getting an advanced phone system so that we could take all of the calls. And, um, you know, the, the services, uh, as Clinton mentioned, uh, range everything from uh, adjustment disorder, um, depression, anxiety, all the way to more serious things like um, schizophrenia, for which we have a uh, person who does medication management when there's uh, more serious uh, treatment needed than the therapy that we provide. Well, Don, you and Clinton work together. What are your two roles? Well, Clinton serves as president. Um, you know, 
when we started, um, Clinton was actually at Hunter College uh, hmm. becoming uh, a licensed mental health counselor. And he, over the years, um, provided so uh, much in the way of good service and leadership that um, I am happy, happily the vice president while Clinton is president. Now, your backgrounds are both in mental health or social services, and we have Dr. Beckles, who is here. Uh, you run the foundation, and we'll get into the foundation later, but yes. what is your background? So I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, and I have 30 years plus as a school psychologist and clinical psychologist, and I have my own private practice. So let me ask you a question, because this deals with, with uh, mental health right now and children's mental health. I mean, this really isn't anything new. It was just that during COVID, when families were together, it, it stood out more. Am I right in that? I mean, is, is this something that's been going on for a long time that's not been diagnosed or they've been diagnosed wrong or they didn't take the time to get their kids checked out? So you, you're correct, Ron. What I have asked my parents when they come in and tell me that their children are exhibiting certain disorders, I ask them, "Is it? are you seeing this more now or is it because you're home or was it always there? And they're telling me it was always there, but they did not realize that it was so severe because during COVID, they spent more time with their children. Do you think because of the uh, exclusiveness of the families in small areas, you know, and being together as much as they were, even if, if the parents were having uh, problems with each other, that it wasn't brought to light like it should have been? Correct. Yes. So there was so much distraction going to work, taking the children wherever they had to go, the, the parental issues were not being addressed. Now, how are people finding you? I mean, you guys have just opened up, right, in, in Valley Stream. You've been open for, in, uh, not in Valley, in Rockville Center, but you've been open in Valley Stream for a while. How do they find you? Because I think it's, it's so important that they get to you and get the counseling that you provide. So let me let me start, and I think Clinton will have something to add to this. Um, when we started um, in 2010, there was only 10 people listed in Valley Stream as uh, mental health providers on Psychology Today. Um, today, there's over 40, and we train uh, many of those individuals and groups that function now. So we're we're proud of that. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, people found us. On psychology today we hardly had to advertise in any other way except putting ourselves on psychology today and um, our phones were going bananas because people needed the services uh, today we have a, a wonderful website it's um, the new hope mhcs.com um, people find us there people find us on psychology today people find us through word of mouth and people find us through the mailings um, that we do and social media. But as for the um, walk-in center, I mean, um, Clinton had a lot to do with creating that model. Yeah, we have a, an aggressive social, uh, social media digital marketing campaign currently uh, uh, in place. And we are reaching out into the community networking um, with the various uh, organizations uh, involved in healthcare overall 
Yeah, so that's how we're getting out there. Tell me about your staff. I mean, people come in, uh, <clears throat> they walk into your clinics. What happens? Well, first thing, they walk into the clinic, they're going to find a very homely environment. Um, we pride ourselves in um, providing um, culturally competent service. Our services are offered in six different languages, right? So including English, you have Spanish, Bengali, Hindi, Urdu, um, Haitian Creole, and Greek. Um, so when you come in, you're like, you're going to find a clinician to speak one of these languages, understands your culture, um, look like you, and is willing to work with you. How many clinics, uh, clinicians do you have or social service professionals? We have close to 45 clinicians on staff working with us. And we also have a very healthy, um, uh, very strong clinical internship program. Um, so we have like about uh, 16 interns that are currently being trained to work in the field of mental health. Well, you know, I, I just keep thinking about, is it more children? Are you involved with the schools at all to try to get, let them know about you? Or do they try to handle it themselves? Yes. The, um, the aim of the walk-in center is for that purpose because our children act up every day. And uh, I learned uh, about a year and a half ago that some teachers are not trained to deal with um, these disruptive behaviors children exhibit from time to time in the classroom. Uh, so what they do um, in their frustration, they direct the kid, that child, to uh, a different room or they ignore the child. Um, and that does not help. So the, the hope is for the, those schools in the area, you know, that they will learn about us and they can come and get the help that they need. Yeah. And I would add that Clinton is, has been an advocate for children personally, mm -hmm. um, trying to uh, work directly with school um, pupil personnel teams to avoid uh, kids being out of school for long-term suspensions. Um, and our therapists, many of them have a background in school counseling, school mm -hmm. psychology, and, and do much of the same. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do want to ask you another question that's going to lead to Dr. Beckles, and that is that we're seeing that a lot of, and you take insurance, that a, a lot of the co-payments mm -hmm. are, are too high for people to get their medicine, to get uh, you know, services that you offer. So your new foundation, well, I don't know if it's in how new it is, but uh, Dr. Beckles, you run the foundation and I want you to talk about it. Uh, this is a good lead in for you because <laughs> we take the money that, uh, that you raise and some of it is used to help with the co-payments, am I right? Yes, you are, Ron. So the, the foundation was started in 2021. 2021. So it's fairly new. And what we are trying to do is to offset those hefty co-payments and co-insurances. This way, um, clients will not trade off buying groceries versus coming in for treatment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's not just limited to that. I mean, we're seeing co-payments for... Uh, you know, for medications that people aren't getting because they don't have the money. It's, it's either should I get the medication or should I get food? Correct. Right. And 
Right. So yes. somebody, having somebody like, this is, what you're doing is perfect. Yeah. The timing couldn't be better. I agree. So I would like to read the uh, mission statement, and that will explain exactly what we're trying to do. The Speak Hope Foundation provides life-changing, affordable, evidence-based services to underserved communities who cannot, whose members cannot meet the increasing cost of these mental health services. The foundation strives to promote improved mental well-being for all individuals and families through education, supportive services, and advocacy. Mm -hmm. So that is our goal, um, to raise money now so that in the late spring, summer months, we will be able to provide those services. Well, well, we recognize like uh, April uh, 2021 uh, when the insurances uh, returned patient responsibility back to the patients. Um, they also returned to these patients increased costs in co-payment, co-insurances and deductibles. And um, as Dr. Beckles just said, uh, our clients um, benefited tremendously during the COVID period. And now they are forced to um, respond to competing uh, obligations, right? So um, if you have to pay $75 in co-payment when you weren't paying that before, you're talking about $300 a month. Right, it's not a one-time <laughs> And That's a car note, right? That's groceries, um, you know. So now what we find is that uh, clients are choosing to pay these um, more um, needs, right? Uh, their mortgage, their, their groceries, and they are foregoing treatment. So we are seeing an increase in regressions in the symptoms of bipolar, anxiety, and depression. And um, it's it's hurting the community. So the the Speak Hope Foundation, um, Don and I decided we have to do something. We have to be responsive to the needs uh, of the clients that we serve. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and I would add that you know the need to pay for treatment is not limited to. I mean, we we talk about the underserved because we. Uh, care very much about serving the um, people who we consider underserved, but truly (laughs) many of the people that we are helping are people who would be considered middle class. Mm -hmm. They have uh, jobs and they are working productive people, but they simply don't have the disposable income of $300, $500 a month. If you think about um, if there's if there's a child needing treatment and the parent needs treatment, that would be two copays per month. Let's say if those are $50 copays or $75 copays, it, it really can um, be a strain, a, a mm-hmm. very much a strain on the finances. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. well, let me ask you a question, uh, Dr. Beckles, because how do you choose who's you're going to give the money to? So we would like to have people apply. Okay. We need to somehow vet that they are in need, and we haven't discussed what is a good way or what variables to put in. So, for example, a paycheck a stub is not enough to say, yes, you can afford, no, you cannot afford. So we really are going to talk with the person, they're going to complete an application, and then we will determine whether or not they're a good fit. Mm-hmm. Would, would you pay part of it instead of the whole thing? We could consider that, yes. In this way, you can do more? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I have been at the fundraiser that you had, and I was delighted yes. to be there. It was Thank wonderful. You. 
Mm-hmm. And that money that you're raising, that's what this is going to be used for. Yes. 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 So you have to do a lot more because there's a lot of people in need. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And we already had someone petition us for a co-payment um, reprieve. Really? So, yes. 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 So what are your? Um, so you'll be doing a lot more fundraising during Absolutely. the coming year. Absolutely. And I think the the topic is an excellent topic that you know you should need. You do need to get out there so more and more people know about it. So it's a chicken and egg thing, you know, the more people know about it, the more people that are going to be calling you and trying to get money. And yes. unless you do larger fundraisers raise, raising millions of dollars, you can't take care of everybody. Yes. But mm-hmm. at least you've started. And I think what you did at the beginning, and I liked what you did where you uh, were honoring the people on the staff at New Hope Mental Care. Health Council. I thought that was really nice. Yes. And, and it gives them a feeling of fulfillment, you know, that they're doing a good job and they're appreciated by the three of you. Yes. yes. The recognition. Yeah. That's the recognition. very important. Yes. So who else is on the board? So Clinton and Don are on the board. We have a secretary and we have the treasurer. And we're looking for a um, CEO at this point. For a CEO? Yes. Of the... Uh, of the board. I thought you were. No, I'm the chairwoman. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was the same. Th- no. <laughs> no, it, it's often confused, but the CEO reports to me. Okay. Yes. That is confusing, but... Yeah. Yes, it can be. It can <laughs> be. So what are the goals for um, New Hope Mental Health Counseling now? Are you going to be opening more satellite offices? Um, yes, but uh, my immediate focus is to introduce new uh, counseling options uh, for um, the community. So right now, I have just put together three um, groups, 12 weeks group um, for uh, the public. It will be uh, anger management, substance secession, and seeking safety. Um, so that is what I am looking to roll out in the next couple of days. Uh, it'll be done virtually, of course. Um, virtually tends to uh, reach more people. A lot of people feel more comfortable, and frankly, there isn't much significant difference um, with in-person and virtual therapy. Right. Right. Yes. So, and a lot of the agencies were doing that during the uh, COVID. Yes. And they were the social workers were talking to kids and and families, and yes. uh, I'm concentrating more on the kids with this now. And some of the kids had to take the calls, you know, in the bathroom, yes, so that they couldn't uh, they couldn't talk, um, you know, about anyone yeah. in front of them. And I that just, was hard on them. Let me say this uh, in my observation: COVID did a lot of good things um, for a lot of families. Husbands and wives recognize for the first time, for example, hey, we have a problem here. Uh, Because going to work for nine hours a day or 10 hours a day, they weren't forced to be in one space and deal with the challenges in the marriages, right? So we had couples who for the first time recognized, hey, we have a communication problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know my wife was doing drugs. A lot of things came out during COVID. Yes. So now what we're focusing on through these groups is to have a lot more reach into the community. And Don has a podcast. Do you address all these issues during your podcast? How can I find you? Um, thank you for asking, Ron. Um, the Help to Adjust 
podcast is um, help to adjust counseling on Facebook, on um, Instagram, Instagram, um, Don Sinkfield, or help to adjust on LinkedIn and YouTube. And if anybody wants to reach the New Hope Mental Health Counseling Service, is there a phone number they can call and a website? Yes. So that phone number is 516-459-2920. They can also get us at info at thenewhopemhcs.com. And our website, um, one of the best websites I've ever seen, <laughs> www.thenewhopemhcs.com. Clinton Clovis, Don Sinkfield, and Dr. Beckles, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank, thank you for you, having sir. us, Ron. The Nonprofit Voice is a premier radio program featuring nonprofits on Long Island every Saturday morning. For the past six years, we have learned about, been inspired by, and celebrated hundreds of nonprofits in our community. The Nonprofit Voice is produced by Marketing Works, the only full service marketing and public relations firm that works almost exclusively with nonprofit agencies. We pride ourselves on our reputation in creating strategic marketing and public relations campaigns, successful virtual, hybrid, and live events, as well as powerful social media and digital campaigns. As the leaders in nonprofit marketing, no other agency understands the industry as we do, and we are committed to the success of each and every one of our clients. Marketing Works hopes you enjoy this week's featured nonprofit. Good morning. This is Ron Gold from Marketing Works. The name of the show is The Nonprofit Voice, and we're featuring the Child Care Council of Nassau County. And we have Joy Connolly, the executive director, and Vicki Selvin, who is the director of community outreach and engagement. Welcome. Thank you for having us, Ron. Well, Joy's been on before, but I do want her to talk about her 50th anniversary. She's been there for 50, no. (laughs) (laughs) She just had a wonderful event celebrating their 50th anniversary. And to be recognized for 50 years is something else, right, Joy? It is. Uh, It was such a wonderful event. Um, The ability to really recognize the the work, the hard work of the Child Care Council of Nassau and our partnerships throughout the county. Um, We were able to recognize um, colleagues like Robin Beller, who is the Long Island Regional Manager for the Office of Children and Family Services. We were able to recognize Matt Cohen, uh, the CEO of the Long Island Association, um, as well as um, several others, and uh, bring together um, friends, new and old, um, to um, honor uh, the work of um, a nonprofit that um, is changing in scope and as, as the years go on, but uh, rooted in community and uh, commitment to service for Nassau County. Now, Vicki, you just started as Director of Community Outreach and Engagement, am I right? Yes. And how, how long have you been there? I've been there since October. So as far as the celebration, I was one month in oh, good. of attending it. But it was a great um, opportunity to have a great scope in regards to the organization and really who, it's, um, who it targets and helps and supports. Well, I was, I was uh, obviously excited about the fact that it was Ohika Castle mm-hmm. because that, that puts you in a whole different realm. Definitely. The agencies that use 
Ohiku Castle for their events are major, major players, and you guys are major players mm -hmm. now. Uh, Matt Cohen, to honor him, is wonderful. I mean, it just says a lot about you. And you now have a few new board members, am I right? We do. Uh, we just uh, recently um, um, uh, brought on two new board members, um, Dr. Rosanna Bakari, um, who's coming to us with such um, a wealth of knowledge around um, mental health and healing, um, which is really um, great for our organization as we are moving more um, into doing direct service for um, early childhood mental health consultation. And then also uh, Devendra Jaf Jafar, and um, he is a young professional um, with such excitement um, and knowledge around uh, marketing and PR um, and really helping us uh, connect with um, those uh, new young uh, professionals who are in need of childcare services and support. Well, one of the questions that I asked you that you have provided me is Governor Hockle announced a sweeping plan to make New York's childcare system fairer, more affordable and easier to access as part of the 2023 state of the state. Can you provide some highlights and where listeners can find more information? Sure. So we're excited to have childcare um, named uh, for the first time in the state of the state. Uh, Governor Hochul and the state legislator last year um, provided um, a, a path forward to um, really putting uh, dollars and funding into childcare. And so her new plan is to really um, help think about that um, uh, in more in depth and really thinking about um, the childcare workforce. Um, so one of the things that um, has been very supportive to the childcare industry um, through the pandemic was some federal funding for around stabilization. And uh, the governor's proposal um, is looking to do a third round of stabilization funding, uh, which will allow um, the childcare industry to stay afloat as inflation goes up. And um, it's a market where you can't really pass on uh, the cost of care to families because it's already um, quite a uh, high burden, financial burden for young families. So when you're talking about childcare, are you talking about children staying home and bringing uh, nannies in, or are you talking about preschools? That, that's a great question. So um, childcare is uh, pretty broad, um, but when we um, at the council are talking about childcare, we're really talking about um, licensed or regulated childcare. So that can be family childcare, where it's an adult in their home and they're looking after um, between uh, six to 16 children, um, or a um, what often people think of as a, in a commercial space, um, where um, there's a center, there's um, classrooms by age group, um, and can um, be small, 20 children to um, quite large, um, 200, 250 children um, in a child care center. Um, there's also regulated care for school age programs, so that before and after care. Um, and then Vicki um, and her department enrolls um, a unique uh, set of child care that it's called legally exempt care um, or friend, neighbor, family care. And that's um, a really good option for uh, families who are eligible for child care assistance um, with really young children. So if you have an infant um, or if you, have, if you work um, third shift or off shift hours, um, you can really... Um, know that you have uh, someone that you know across the hall or grandma um, or a, um, a friend um, that is able to provide um, culturally responsive, linguistically responsive, 24-hour um, you know, even possible care. 
Well, Joy, since you've been there, you really have uh, moved things around and added a lot of programs that weren't there before. And you were there for how many years before you were the executive director? So I've been at council for 12 years, and um, I was, uh, I've been executive director for two. So um, I spent 10 years kind of moving through um, the organization and learning um, from some really amazing uh, leaders and um, talented staff, um, and I'm happy to kind of uh, think about um, how do we bring uh, the services of the Child Care Council um, to where we are today in 2023. So you've changed a few things since Things that you have been thinking of changing for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about 10 years, although there is one thing that I, I came to Child Care Council of Nassau as their director of school age um, programs. And at the time, you know, when, when we think about child care, we often um, think about uh, preschoolers and infants and toddlers, but we don't think about um, school age children and before and after care. And um, I have a background in youth development, and so um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to um, bring as a part of our portfolio of services is how do we support uh, school-aged child care professionals. And so I'm happy to say um, that we are now in our second year of providing the school-aged child care credential, uh, which allows um, child care professionals to go through um, a rigorous uh, course of study um, that leads, that ends with a credential that they can, um, that is, uh, they can take with them, um, but also um, programs and parents can know that their children are with uh, professionals that have all the skills from health and safety to um, youth development engagement that allow for children to thrive in that setting. Vicki, I want to talk to you because you're just sitting there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, this is it's great for you to talk about community outreach because that's so important right now as far as what the agency really needs. So how has it been and where do you go to get the uh, people? Uh, well, as far as first off, especially being new in the position, it's kind of getting a lay of the land in regards to what is it our area really does and what the organization does and what we offer, which is, again, being able to speak about it. Because I see, you know, as far as community outreach, we're like the, the mouthpiece, you know. Um, so having a clear understanding in regards to what, what we're offering is really now finding what organizations, and actually everyone actually needs the information because, as we say, as far as childcare is the backbone of the workforce, right? If the, you know, it affects the families, everybody. Exactly. If the families cannot, if the families are working, they need someone, or even going to school, you know? And so that basically, um, although we know we can't reach everyone at one time, and perhaps this, this space will definitely help us do that, but it's, again, it's identifying community events, health events that are going on to be part of those spaces, but also sharing um, the stage in regards to speaking on in regards to um, the benefits of, you know, as far as having a place um, to get um Credible um, access to to childcare is very important, and also for individuals who are seeking opportunities to actually start a childcare a, a, a childcare um, center or home at home or within a center. It's it's a case of giving them that ability to understand that this is something that's possible. Um, legally exempt it's also resides in in the community in our, in our area because again we're working directly with the community. Well, let's so, hear more about legal exempt because that so, was a big thing that Joy brought yes, up. Yes, yes. So I'm extremely excited about legally exempt um, because it, it gives um, the neighbor, it gives the cousin, it gives the sister an opportunity to work. 
Because let's say, for instance, you know, I, I, you know, if I have a child and I, and I again, very young, I may not be ready to bring them to someone else, to a stranger yet. Um, or as Joy mentioned, as far as working a, a shift that's non-traditional hours, then I may need to, you know, to this cousin who's not working to say, okay, I'm able, I, I qualify for financial assistance, so I'm going to be able to get, um, so I'm going to be able to get reimbursed for paying you. So now, now this cousin, neighbor, whomever, can say, you know, like has now a job. So this is now keeping, you know, bringing um, work in the in the space. But then now she might, he or she might feel like, oh, I like this. Right, I can, right. you know, see that. Oh, I can perhaps one day now become a licensed provider, and now have a center. And this might be a career path that I didn't even think about, you know. And I think that that in itself is now I'm. So when, when I have someone that I trust that I know that's taking care of my children, and now here's an opportunity, a career path that this person didn't even think about, didn't consider, but now that they have access to. So as far as legally exempt, so that, you know, again, they are able to t help someone, a family member, but they're also able to have other, you know, children as well, but of course with limits. Um, so therefore, but again, now that they're in, in this pool in a space of learning and opportunities and access, because again, we want to ensure that, they, that this child is equitable. Although it's my cousin, doesn't mean that they don't have access to books and the, you know the and um, as far as all the necessary things to ensure that they're ready for kinder for, to go to school. You know when that when that time comes. Um, so that's why again, as far as and having that understanding, because oftentimes when I do share that, when I in speaking engagements or at, when I'm tabling at an event or just just networking, people are surprised because they don't they never knew that that was even a thing, you know. Because how many people are really using grandma no, or right. auntie to take yeah. care, and yeah. I, I can pay you, you know? So it's having that opportunity again is just it just it's a win win for everyone. So in your role as community outreach, mm -hmm. you're set, like you said, you're, you're setting up tables and and networking events to let more and more people know about you. This is a big job you have. <laughs> yeah, oh, really. no. That's not scary, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I mean, we're it there to help job. you, though, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, we will. Right. But uh, I think that's great. I mean, more, the more people that know what you guys are doing, the better off it is. One of the things that was brought up to me, I think it was by either Joy or Melissa, was the uh, assistance for uh was it child uh, child care that uh, even though you make a certain amount of money, you still can get some assist? Was that when we talked? Yeah, it was. So um, one of the, the wins um, for uh, the state is that we were able to um, increase the eligibility for child care assistance from 200% of poverty to 300% of poverty. Um, and that really makes a difference for uh, Long Island families, as we know um, that Long Island is a high cost area. And so often um, in the other iteration, although Nassau County um, was always very good at being able to use um, all of the money that was given to them from the state around child care assistance, um, but uh, it, it allows. Did you get it? It allows them. It doesn't come to me. It goes to the to the county. Um, but we work very closely with the county to ensure that families one are aware of the eligibility rates. And I'll let Vicky um, jump in with um, what those are, so so listeners can hear. Um, but also, um, you know, the, there is a lot of paperwork, um, and so so how can uh, we support families to get through the paperwork that's needed? Um, yeah, and, and that's going to drive them away too. All that mm -hmm. paperwork. It does. It does. So a lot of people don't understand. 
right. and don't want to take right. the patience to, to figure it yes. out. Yes, and there is um, um, some new, um, in Governor Hochul's uh, plan, there are some new initiatives that would help um, families so that you're not having to um, do paperwork more than once. One of the issues is that you have to do paperwork more than once um, in order to qualify for the different um, um, uh, programs for assistance. Um, and so in the new um, plan, if you qualified for uh, SNAP benefits or uh, the state nutrition um, assistance program, then you wouldn't have to do the paperwork again to qualify for child care assistance. But, um, you know, so that's in the works and hopefully um, we'll move forward to help uh, re reduce the burden for families um, in, in who are eligible for assistance. And again, I'll, I'll let Vicki kind of um, talk through kind of the points, because I think that listeners might be shocked that um, the the rates um, allow for um, a much greater pool of families to have access. And what we know is that childcare is expensive, for regardless of where you fall on um, the income um, uh, continuum. Um, it can for an infant, it can cost um, up to fourteen thousand dollars a year uh, for infant care, and that's more than state um, university or college tuition. Um, and so, again, if you have more than one kid, um, there aren't uh, multiple kid discounts um, that would allow for it not to really affect um, your bottom line. So, um, Vicky, do you want to? Um, Def, thank you, Joy. Um, as far as the numbers are concerned, because before, when it was at the 200% um, um, based on level, so if a family of two, maybe as far as one parent and a child, they, weren't, they, were they would qualify only if they were um, making $36,620 or less. So if they made 36621 they would not qualify. Wow. So now, as far as when they with the raise, as of August 1st, 22, 20, um, 2022, so a family of two, meaning as one parent and a, and a child, 50, is now raised to 54930 So that in itself, if it's, again, it's based on one parent and, of course, the, the child. So if we have, for instance, a family of, on average, a family of five, which would be two parents. So now keeping in mind that if it's the two parents must be combined, um, and then you have three children. So family of five used to be 74,000 and now actually a family of five, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, family of five used to be 64,000 and now it's 97,000. Wow. Um, so it's a case of understanding that yes, you can be making $97,410, but you're still struggling. You have three children. So yep. that into consideration, now right, you qualify you for assistance. You have to pay for rent, you got to pay for gas, right, you right. got to pay for and food. And for each child. Yeah, right. And, and then the bill for childcare for three children, um, it adds up. Right. Is this the same in Suffolk County as it is in Nassau, or are the rates different then? The rates are now the same. Mm -hmm. um, uh, historically, they had been different, but now um, across the state, we, uh, all the counties have raised up to 300% of poverty for eligibility. Wow. So one, just one of the things that we didn't re refer to before in regards to um, in our area and the com community outreach is that, again, if a family needs child care support, they can call for referrals. And where do they call? They would call... Uh, what phone number is it? 516 Three five eight nine two five zero, and you have a website too. What's the website? We do. It's www.childcarenassau.org, and that's all one word: childcarenassau.org. And you can fill out a referral online if they are more comfortable, or you can speak with a parent counselor. And um, we have uh, bilingual counselors in English and Spanish. 
So the Office of Children and Family Services Child Care Assistance Program is what we're talking about now. It is. It is. And we really, again, um, thank you for allowing us to have this platform because um, in both counties, there is still funding available. And so we encourage families who are um, struggling, um, like many of us, uh, to um, pay all of the bills um, that are necessary uh, to seek out um, child care assistance. Um, it might be something that allows um, uh, a little relief um, in your in your pocket book uh, monthly and um, if you need support in finding uh, which office um, please feel free to give us a call if you need support in the paperwork we're also able to uh, guide you and provide that um, let me ask you assistance. one one final question because mm -hmm. we have just a little more than a minute okay. how can the community get more involved to support the uh, working families with young children well, one of the things that they're definitely, as far as one, keeping us um, in mind when they're having events or opportunities that we can participate in to share the information, um, as well as um, allowing us to be able to share with their staff members in regards to um, the services and support that we have that we provide, um, but also advising if they have providers in their areas. Are you are you part of the council? Because you need to be. They offer a lot of services to support you to support the children even better. From our trainings, from our food programs, from all of these different spaces. Because, again, many of them are struggling just to do it. And not, not knowing that they can have backup from the council. Joy and Vicki, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Nonprofit Voice. I'm Ron Gold. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.